Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me okay? Perhaps yeah. mm, I'm beaming too much. Great to be with you. Okay. How many people in the room would love to be part of a New Testament church? Who'd like to be part of a church that looks like the New Testament? That's our longing. That's our desire, isn't it? And sometimes we uh, seem to make some good progress, but it's always good to go back to the Word of God and check, are we looking like a New Testament church? That's what we should be looking like, okay? We're not just a rabble that gather at the golf club for a few bevies after we've hit 18 holes. We are the people of God, a community of God's people together. How exciting is that? Much better than a few bevies at the golf club. Nothing wrong with golf. Uh, My son's got his birthday this week and we had a game of golf on a simulator the other day. So you whack the ball against the screen and then it shows you on the computer where your ball lands. I have to tell you, it was not my most encouraging experience. I think I finished about a hundred and something over par. That's how bad I am. But hey, it's his birthday and I love him dearly, so we'll do it. But uh, don't ask me too often to go and play because I felt absolutely awful at how bad I was at golf. This is the people of God. It's not a golf club. It's the people of God. Exciting. Let's get straight into it. Let's live in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Let me encourage you on the next slide. If you want to join in and read the Word of God with me, that's fantastic because there's great power in the Word of God. So let's read it if you want to. It says this, Men of Israel... Hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, hallelujah, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Let's read on in Acts 2. Next slide, buddy. Thank you. This Jesus God raised up, and that we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. Pause. Seeing and hearing. When the Holy Spirit comes in power, expect to see and to hear. With all the love in my heart, I'm speaking to those of my heritage and my childhood and my youth with whom I grew up. If you're telling me you got everything the moment you said yes to Jesus, I've become a Christian, you've got the lot, then I expect to see it or hear it. I expect there to be evidence. We'll come back to that later. If you're saying, I've been flooded with the Holy Spirit of God, I expect to see it, not it being the Holy Spirit, he's a person, but seeing it, seeing the evidence of it, or hearing the evidence of it. That's so important. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Last one, buddy, on the, on the scriptures. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And 
you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise, hallelujah for the promise, is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Could you imagine? Dream about it. Put the dream machine on. Could you imagine preaching the gospel in the streets of Colchester and 3,000 people come forward and say, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. One of our first thoughts as pastors would be, how on earth would we cope with that? <laughs> but that's a good problem to have. God will help us. 3,000 people in one day were added to the church. Okay, let's go for it. Number one. Next slide. My message today has got some key things about change. The first thing is this. This gospel, I want to call it this apostolic gospel. This is what the apostolic gospel looks like, okay? The first thing is this. It's about a change of direction. Now, hear me carefully and lovingly. If you want to testify, I love this church. I've been coming for years. I just want to stay and hang around. I'm really pleased that you love this church. But that ain't responding to the gospel. Can I say that lovingly? You can love this church. You can love coming along. And you can say, I just love it here. It's great. That's wonderful and we're blessed. But what does it really mean to become a Christian? Here it is. The first thing is this. Repentance means you're going this way. You're walking your own life. You're doing your own thing. And hey, 180 degrees. Back we go. Jesus, I'm coming after you. I'm going to follow you. That's what repentance means, to have a complete turnaround. Now, you may not say the word specifically, but your actions show that you're turning right round and you're going his way. Repentance is an absolute vital part of coming to know Jesus. Now, in, in Hugh's, Hugh's style, just for fun, here we go, ready? We all like sheep. Can you say, bah, bah, thanks very much. We all like sheep. Can you say, bah? <laughs> that's just to remind you we're actually a bunch of sheep really until we meet Jesus and things change Isaiah says this we all like sheep but have gone astray each of us has turned to his own way or her own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all what that means is before I become a Christian I'm living my life for myself I'm doing my own thing I'm going my own way. And I don't even realize that all my sins were laid upon him. And then, thank God, the Holy Spirit wakens me up and he helps me to see my sins were laid on him. And I turn around. I'm living for him now. I'm not living for myself. And can I say, brothers and sisters, in my own life and all of our lives, even when we become a Christian, repentance is still a way of life. Isn't it? It's not a one-off thing. It's a, it's a way of life. There are days when I know I've sinned against my father that I love. Uh, yes, he's holy. And that's one reason to think about my sin. But he's also my father. And I don't want to grieve him. Because I love him. And I need to turn around and say, I'm sorry, father. I've been going my own way. Help me to go your way by the power of the Holy Spirit. So let me encourage you. If you're sitting here today and thinking, I don't, I, I don't even know anything about this. That's the first thing, ladies and gents. 
turn around. Turn to the Saviour. Turn away from going your own way. I, I, I say this with love in my heart. It will destroy you if you go your own way. It will destroy you spiritually. It will destroy you in so many ways if you go your own way. If you turn to his way, oh my goodness, it might be tough some days, but it will be glorious. Because you'll know that the one who lives in you is the one who's God himself. How exciting is that? Let's move on to the next slide, bud. The second thing is a change of behavior. The second thing that's in this apostolic gospel is repent. Turn around to Jesus. Go after him. Live for him. And secondly, be baptized in water. This is part of the apostolic gospel. It's not like if you fancy it at some time in the future, maybe you could consider it. No, it's part of this gospel. Repent and be baptized. Now, it says in Romans, Paul says, do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Okay, this is a beautiful, beautiful picture. I feel quite stirred and moved when I think back. I was about 13 years of age when I got baptized as a young boy in my little brethren assembly in the south side of Glasgow. Under the waters I went, I'm dying to my old life. I'm finished with the old life. And when I come up out of the waters, I'm living for Jesus Christ now. I'm a new person. That baptism is a living picture of what's happened in the inside. It's a demonstration to say what's happened in me is this. I'm dead to sin now. I'm alive to God. And that's demonstrated in my baptism in water. Why should we be baptized? Well, Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 28, he said this, go into all the world, make disciples. Hear me, not make converts. Make disciples. By, I've lost my flow and I'm getting too excited. <laughs> go into all the world, preach the gospel, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Listen to this, and teach them all things that I have ever taught you. I hear some people go, go into all the gospel and baptize them, you know, Full stop. No, no. And teach them everything I have taught you. That's important. So everything that Jesus taught his disciples, we need to be learning from Jesus and responding to all these things too. And secondly, it was the practice of the early church. I'm not going to argue with anybody. I would never fall out with you if you come from a tradition that's different and you say baptisms for babies. Bless you. I'll disagree with you politely. You're welcome to believe what you believe. But I, my understanding of the New Testament scriptures is this. You repent first, you believe in the Lord Jesus, then you get baptized. You don't get baptized, then repent later, and then believe in the Lord Jesus. The biblical way, in my understanding of scripture, is this was the practice of the early church. Repent and believe in the Lord Jesus and be baptized in water. Let me ask you, have you been baptized in water? Lovingly, why would you not want to be baptized in water? That's something to consider, okay? We have come to know Christ and we want to lovingly obey him. Hear me carefully. Please, I'll say this lovingly, please don't get baptized in water in this church just because you think it's an expectation of the church. Got me? I want you to be baptized in water because you love Jesus and you want to show people that you love Jesus and that's why you're getting baptized and that's the only reason. You got me? Don't do it for, to be a man pleaser. 
or a woman pleaser. Do it to be a God pleaser because you love him and you want to be baptized. And you think to yourself, why would I not want to be baptized? I love him. He's brilliant. I want to get baptized. If that's you, come and find us later. Tell us. We'll set it up. If this church was gathering by the seaside, it would be easy. Wouldn't it? We just go down to the beach afterwards. I remember years ago in a previous church, we used to go to Frinton and have a picnic. And we used to baptise people in the sea. Why not, man? Only a Scottish man would say that. Hey, the sea at Frinton. It's lovely in here. It's boiling hot. And all my African brothers and sisters are going, oh my word, it's absolutely freezing in here. It's too much. It's fun, isn't it? It's fun. But we can arrange that ASAP. When if you know and love the Lord Jesus and you want to be baptised, come on. The next slide, how? Well, I'm going to be straight to the point. Full immersion for me, that's my understanding of the New Testament. Full immersion, right under the water and right back up again. There's a biblical uh, example of this. When Philip was with the Ethiopian eunuch, they went down into the water. Please hear me carefully. It's very difficult to go right down into the font. It's a bit difficult. It's not deep enough. You go right down into the water. That means you go right under the water, okay? And then you come back up out of the water. That's what I understand the New Testament to teach. That's for me what believer's baptism is. You come to know Jesus and you say, I love him. I want to tell everybody. I want to show people what's happened to me. I was dead, but hallelujah, I'm alive now because I'm in Christ Jesus. It's a living example to show to others around us of what God has done in us. Let's move on quickly. Number three, it's a change of empowerment. Wow. So many people, so many of my friends are going through life trying to do it in their own power. I'll fix it. I'll sort it. Leave it to me. I'll get it sorted. I'll get it running again. My, my, my. Can I tell you something? God never sent Jesus to give us a better version of ourselves. He sent Jesus so that my old life would go and I'd be given a brand new one. Be careful, brothers and sisters. There are some people out there with their self-help guru books. Be a better you. No, thank you. I don't want to be a better me. I've seen myself. You don't want to be a better me. I want to be the most Holy Spirit-filled man of God that I can be. That's what I want to be like. Not a better version of my old self. Not interested. I want to show to people I'm a new person. I'm not the old guy I used to be. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. Because I don't want to be the old guy that I used to be. Okay? You might think I'm an old guy, but when I say old guy, I mean, yeah, yeah, back, back in the past, all right? Now, there are, <laughs> there are various phrases in the New Testament, particularly, for this experience I want to talk about, okay? So don't get hung up too much on the expression, but here's a few examples. Sometimes it's called, this experience, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's a biblical phrase. Sometimes it's called being filled with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's receiving the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's the Holy Spirit coming upon a person. And sometimes, there's a very, very sort of King James expression, isn't it, of the Bible? Endued with power from on high. It sounds rather grand. And it is grand. It's great. But all these experiences are the same thing that God's talking about. It's being absolutely immersed in the Holy Spirit. As I was talking to you a moment ago about baptism in water, it's a bit like that. 
It's been baptized into his power. It's been absolutely drenched with his power. Now here's two key truths. We can't cover all these subjects in massive detail, but here's two key truths. First of all, this. Sorry, buddy, can you go back one? You're getting more excited than me. He's fucking on the next slide. <laughs> the baptism in the Holy Spirit is not the same as believing in Jesus. You might be upset by that. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is something that happens to the believer. Now, that means it's possible for you to repent and believe in Jesus. You might even get baptized in water. All great. And you have a measure of what God's doing in you. The Holy Spirit, hear me carefully, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Romans 8, 9 tells us that we cannot belong to Christ unless the Spirit of God lives within us. So when we come to faith in Jesus, he comes to live inside us. But this is like a being immersed in his power. This is an opportunity for every believer. Every believer. No second-rate Christians. None of this, we are the filled with the Spirit group. You're the other group. No, it's a lie of the enemy. This is for every believer to come into the fullness. The youngest to the oldest, male, female, you name it. Any categorization you like, this is for every believer in Jesus. The Spirit of God is in you when you repent and believe in the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. He lives, he indwells in you. You're a new person now. But my goodness, when his power comes upon you, oh, you're going to know about it. That's for sure. Let's move on. I haven't got time to go through them all today. You'll be glad to know, perhaps, but there's lots of examples. Here's three case studies, very quickly. In Philip, when Philip was in Samaria, he met some people there. It says that he proclaimed the kingdom of God. Verse 12 says they believed. Verse 12 again says they were then baptized in water. And then, verse 17, they received the Holy Spirit. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's what happened in the early church. We want to be a New Testament church. That's what we're aiming for. Secondly, Saul of Tarsus. On his way, he'd been persecuting Christians. The Lord spoke to him. Almost kind of knocked him off his horse. And basically, blind, he was blinded for three days. Verse 17, he meets Ananias. And Ananias addresses him as brother. God was at work in transforming him. Then he was filled in verses 17 and 18 with the Holy Spirit. And by the way, he was also healed. Maybe there's an evidence there of the power of the Spirit of God at work too. He got his eyesight back. When, the, when Ananias prayed for him, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he received his sight again. Maybe that's what might happen for some people today. Yeah, but God will demonstrate his power in his healing miraculous work and then he was baptized in water and finally Paul met some disciples in Acts 19 they had only known John's baptism they never really knew what it was all about he tells them about Jesus they believe in the Lord Jesus they get baptized in water and the Holy Spirit comes upon them now we could we could take a while here to read all these please I do encourage you church to to go home and look into them for yourself you can also read Acts 10 about Cornelius and his household as well as Acts 2 that we've been reading today these are examples for you of what it looked like in the New Testament to become a believer now did you notice I'll just go over here for a second did you notice that 
there is one thing that's common in all of them is becoming a believer. That must come first. But sometimes the next thing was baptism in water, then receive the Spirit. But sometimes it was receive the Spirit, then baptism in water. That's cool. There's no problem. But repenting and believing always comes first. That's a fundamental thing. Let's move on. The last slide on this particular point is very important too. The second truth. First truth, you can be a believer and not be baptized in the Holy Spirit. The second truth is this. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is always experiential. What I mean by that is if you read anything in Scripture and the history of the church, when people experienced the baptism or the, the flowing onto top of them of the flooding of the Holy Spirit, it was always evidenced. It was always known. Something was going on. So if I say to you, I was in this situation and the Holy Spirit just flooded my life, then you would probably say to me, what happened, Al? That's normal. That's normal. That may be you could be in a situation where you feel such peace. You could be in the middle of a war-torn situation. You could be in your home and filled with such peace. That's the Holy Spirit of God at work. Yes, I get that. Absolutely. I don't mean everything's always massively demonstrative, but we will know, you will know, when you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So what type of evidence is in the New Testament? So you know this is not me making it up. This is what the New Testament says, right? Acts 2, they spoke in tongues. That means the Holy Spirit ability to speak in languages that you've never learnt before. And they're Godward. They're Godward, generally speaking. When we praise and worship, they are Godward, extolling him and declaring how great he is. Acts 8 is an interesting one because... Um, there are no specifics mentioned in Acts uh, chapter 8 about what happened. So when the believers in Acts 8 at Samaria were prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit, it doesn't say anything there about what happened. It doesn't say they spoke in tongues or they prophesied. Nothing's mentioned. But here's an important thing to, to grasp. There was a man there called Simon who'd become a believer, and he noticed that something had happened to them. But unfortunately, he messed up big style. Because he then said to the apostles who'd been praying for the people to receive the Holy Spirit, if I give you some money, oh no, here we go. If I give you some money, could I have the power to do that as well? Ah, you've missed it, buddy. You want to buy the gift of God so that you can lay your hands on people and see them do what the apostles are doing? He missed it. But here's the point. He saw something. He knew they had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was clear. It was evident. Acts 9. Interesting one too. Saul of Tarsus. Ananias lays his hands on Saul and says, Brother Saul, be filled with the Holy Spirit. He gets his healing back. He gets his eyes. His eyes are working again. His blindness has been healed. But here's an interesting one. Some people say, uh, Nothing's mentioned there about tongues. That's true. But interesting, if you go to 1 Corinthians 14, 18, Paul says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Paul spoke in tongues. I can't prove to you he spoke in tongues that particular day. I'm not going beyond what Scripture says. 
But I do know that he went straight into the city and he proclaimed the gospel with great power. That's one of the things you'll see when you are filled or flooded with the Holy Spirit. Power to, to, to tell people the good news about Jesus. Whether it's in your home or at the next desk next to you at the office or whether it's in your classroom or whether it's the school gates or whether that's the pensioners club. Come on! The Holy Spirit falling at the pensioners club. Fantastic. God is not limited. He can come and move in power anywhere. Fantastic. So I would say to you, Acts, Acts uh, 10 was speaking in tongues and prophecy. And I do apologize. That's gone off the bottom there. And in Acts 19, speaking in tongues and prophecy. So I would say, if I could say this, I think our position, it's fair to say, is this. We don't take the position of certain Pentecostal denominations where we say that the sign must be tongues. Okay? Because I, I think that's going beyond what Scripture says. But here's what we would say. We would say that there's a lot of weight of evidence in the New Testament that speaking in tongues was a very, very key uh, response to being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Maybe prophecy was also very important and other ways in which God demonstrates his power. But the key thing to know is it's experiential. Can I say something to you lovingly? Don't be frightened of emotion. How are we doing for time? Okay. When I was a young boy, and I used to go to what we called the Lord's table, that was like communion, the breaking of bread, I felt like we used to creep into church. We used to creep in. And then we'd go to a certain seat where me and my parents sat every week. I think I had a season ticket. I think I actually had a season ticket in my church. You know? And, and I, don't, I, don't think, uh, I don't think my giving sort of paid it up. But I mean, uh, there was a certain place you sat every week. And everybody used to creep into church. And it's quite amusing because there was a, a little man in the church called Murdo, very Scottish name, Murdo. And he was like 90 odd. But he had squeaky shoes. <laughs> so when the whole church was gathering, getting ready to worship, he used to come down the aisle to his seat. You could hear his squeaky shoes. The wee man was 90 odd and he was on fire. He had more fire than the guys at 40 odd. He had more fire than the young guys. He was passionately filled with the Spirit of God. And he loved Christ with such a passion. And you knew about it. And let me tell you, when you came to worship, you wanted to hear those squeaky shoes. Because you knew he was coming. And when he was there, it made a difference. When he started to tell the Lord what he thought of him, wow, he just lifted you right up. He's brilliant. He's magnificent. What an example for a young emotional what an example for a young man like me to look at an old guy at 90 odd fire not sitting about just waiting for the rapture fire in his heart come on let's tell people about Jesus fire so can I say to you if you're older than me God bless you today with fire more power because you set an example to the rest of the church that says, I want to be like that and I want to go blazing out like that when I get old. That's my prayer, that I'll go out the old muddle, blazing hot. Not this kind of Christianity, but I used to walk with the Lord 37 years ago and ever since then, I've just kind of kept ticking along nicely. Never mind, the rapture's coming soon and we'll get delivered through all this mess. No! I want fire. I want to get to 90-odd and be more filled with the Holy Spirit than I was at 55-year-old. Come on, people. 
Paul, I hope you don't mind me saying this. Paul said to me recently, when I brought the prophetic word, he said, that was for me, Alistair. I'm coming up to a significant birthday. And sometimes I think to myself, what, what, what's the purpose here? What, what's God got for me? God's got loads for you, mate. God's got loads for you. Get flying in that hot air balloon. Get flying. Go and see what God will do through men and women who are filled with his Holy Spirit. I'm off the message, but hey, who cares? It's great fun. All right, last one. This is one we don't hear very often. Let's recap. Repent. Believe in the Lord Jesus. Be baptized in water. Be baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit. Here we go. What does it say here? Added to their number that day. Those 3,000 people that believed in the Lord Jesus were added to the church. This seems to be part of the apostolic message. Not, thanks very much for bringing me to Jesus. See you later. I'm off. I want to live an isolated Christianity, but I'll just run it by myself. Hey, guys, we can laugh, but there are some believers that live like that. Years ago, uh, in my uh, church I was in north of the border, shall we say, um, there was a lady, there was a lady, um, I don't mean the Essex border, I mean like, north of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, make it clear for you. In Scotland, all right, there you go. <laughs> and I used to be in this church, and the, my neighbour was a lady, lovely lady, who came to church. Her husband stopped coming to church because he must have a fallout with somebody and he told his wife, I'll just stay at home and I'll just do church by myself. We're not talking pandemic here. We're talking, I'll just stay at home and do church by myself. Sorry. <clears throat> Down the toilet. That in New Testament Christianity. I'm not called to do Christianity by myself. This is what we're called to or some other expression of it, if God's adding you somewhere else. So it's important that Paul, Peter rather, preaches this message that says, this is the message that's including you in to something new. Jesus and his family. You're becoming part of it. It's an integral part of God's plan for you. So here's what I want to say to you. Let's get straight to the point. If you've been coming around here for a while, and you love it, you enjoy it, first of all, we will never be perfect for you. We will never tick every box. We're a, we're a bunch of redeemed people who are on a journey. We don't get everything right. No church does. So relax. <laughs> Put your clipboard away <laughs> if you're ticking boxes. Chuck in the bin, right? Put your clipboard away because we'll never satisfy every single tick that you might have about how you feel church should be. That's me just being honest with you. But listen... If you know in your heart that God's adding you to be part of this family, get stuck in. Let it be known. Tell us, we're in now, we're in. But listen to me also. If, you th if you're thinking, we love coming here, it's enjoyable, it's a great bunch of people, we love worshipping God here, but you think, I don't think it's for us. I can say this honestly, no problem. Honestly, no problem. Provided, provided you find a community of God's people somewhere else that you get hooked in and you get in there and you get stuck in. Don't do the spiritual wandering bit. Well, one day I might decide to join a fellowship of believers. I've tried 57 of them round Colchester for the last 17 years and I'll make a decision now which one I like. Now, I'm being cheeky. I'm, being, I'm having a laugh. You need to take your time. Yes. You need to take your time and make sure you know what God's calling you to. You ask the questions. That's why today's message is particularly important. I want you to know what you're getting yourself into. If you're sitting there going, I don't believe in that believer's baptism. I'm not in any of that. 
Well, you're welcome to hang around, but we ain't going to change what we preach. Okay? <laughs> I'm sorry if that sounds a little bit straight, but that's the bottom line, okay? This is what this family's about. So we've got no problem as elders if you say, we'd love to go somewhere else. That's, of course, we'd miss you. We'd love you to be here, but we'll bless you, provided you're going to a place where you can get integrated and knitted in. But please don't go and wander off and do your own thing. It never ends well. So, I think I'm done, Tom, just about. Let's recap. What does a New Testament church look like in terms of the early initiation of becoming part of something that God's doing? Here it is. Repent, believe in the Lord Jesus. Come on, today can be your day. Turn away, turn around, turn and believe in him. Be baptised in water. Be baptised or filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. And be added to the church. That's my understanding of what the apostolic gospel looks like. From my own experience, I came to know the Lord when I was about eight years of age through children's ministry. Pray for our kids, pray for our children's workers. That's how I came to know the Lord Jesus, through the work of patient children's workers who told me the gospel. Hallelujah. Praise God for them. When I was about 13, I was baptized in water. There's a five-year gap. Maybe worth saying this, there doesn't have to be a gap. Listen, this, this is how amazing this is, right? You can say today, I'm, I'm repenting. I'm going to believe in the Lord Jesus. Hey, Hugh, I want to be baptized next week. All right, we'll get the pool out. And while we're at it right now, will you pray for me to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Go for it. You can have, you can have the whole package almost, in, not quite the one day, but you get what I'm saying? You can have the whole thing. It's a great package deal. It's better than anything Jet 2 give you, right? Or anybody else. This is a great package. You don't have to say, well, there was a 15-year gap between believing and getting baptized, and then another 15-year gap before I get filled with the Holy Spirit. Then another 15-year gap before I get added to the church. That's not the way it seems to have been in the New Testament. So why don't we today... Let me just share a little picture with you. I think I probably should say this. I felt on uh, Monday... The Lord laid on my heart a picture of a volcano. And from the inside the volcano, it was just erupting and overflowing with lava. Is that how you say it? Not lavy. In Glasgow, if it's the lavy, that's the toilet. Right? A lava, right? Lava, overflowing with lava. And the phrase that I got was an eruption of praise. <laughs> that's what I think God wants to do today in this place. And then when I spoke to Callum, because he's helping lead worship today, we're talking about songs. And we started thinking about response songs about the Holy Spirit. And we were talking about spirit break out, break our walls down. Do you know what one of the lines says? Let this place erupt with praise. Now, if God draws that to my attention two times... And then I come in today and Tom sh shares something with me that matches it as well. If God speaks three times on the same thing, I'm pretty confident. <laughs> Not because I'm arrogant. I'm pretty confident that God wants to do something. So we're going to I'll pan back to Tom in a moment. But here's what I'd like us to do. Today, if you want to respond in any way, right? In any way for any of those things that I've been talking about, repenting, believing, being baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Spirit, added to the church, anything, come and seek us out 
while we're worshipping, we're going to invite the band to come and come, come and find us. We're going to pray for you right here. If you prefer to stay where you are, just wave a hand or something and one of the elders or our wives or maybe home group leaders, um, Andy and Kirsty, if you could help me as well, that would be appreciated. If anybody wants to respond right where you are, will you just put your hand up so they can come and pray with you? Okay? If you'd love to do that. Well, let me encourage you. Let's go for New Testament church life. I, I think if you said to me, Al, what would you long for in this church for every single person in the family? For starters, I would long that you and I fully know the experience of that full package. That's what I long for. No one left out, every single one. Shall we just stand together with a respond and worship? Let's just see what God will do. He's a good father. He loves us dearly. So, don't wait. Just if you come for prayer, that's beautiful. Just tell us what you'd like us to pray about. That would be fantastic. Thanks, bro.